You are listening to the Small Business Podcast by SME Business Concierge. A podcast to help you start and grow your small business. To find out more about how SME Business Concierge can help you, please visit our website. Welcome to this episode that is being brought to you during World Wellbeing at Work Week 2022. This subject is one that is far, far underestimated by people in organisations across the world. And I'm not just talking about management here or directors. I'm talking about individuals, team members, staff members, you know, those people who are the ground level staff within organisations, both public and private. This is a subject that is close to my heart, and I'm, I'm going to say from the outset, um, you know, I have lost colleagues to suicide, in part due to environment at work. I'm talking about sort of the policing world here, and yeah, you know, I will admit that me myself, I have had up and down mental health for quite a while as a result of post-traumatic stress and depression and other things. So that has impacted on my work, it's impacted on my private life, and it's something that, in my opinion, I'm more than qualified to talk about because I haven't read this in books, I've experienced it, and truthfully, to the current day, I still do experience some issues. Well-being at work is not something that business owners can ignore and you don't need to be a business owner to take this seriously as a supervisor you know people are your greatest asset and if what I've learned from my time supervising people a happy team is a performing team and the best teams that I've been on have been those who are happy because they are productive sickness rates are lower stress levels okay you can operate with stress but People manage their stress better. And I want you to think about something. If you've got a car and you don't maintain that car, what's going to happen to it? We all know the answer is that it's going to break down. It's not going to last very long. And people are exactly the same. You've got a mobile phone. Well, most people have got mobile phone in their pocket. Do you wait for your battery to hit the red and start flashing before you put it on charge? Or do you charge it up before it gets to the end there? Again, people are exactly the same. Now, I heard about World Wellbeing at Work Week and I thought this is absolutely something that I need to help promote because, as I said at the beginning, it's very close to my heart and it should be yours too. I don't know if you've seen the blog that I've written on this today, but if you have, or if you haven't, sorry, pop on and have a look, and you will see an image of me when I was really at my lowest. I'm unshaven, my hair's a mess, I I didn't really care, Uh, my, my skin tone was sort of got a bit more paler, and truthful, you know, getting out of bed was a challenge. I didn't care about anything. I certainly didn't care about my work. 
I don't, you know, I really, really, really was at my lowest. And that is a bad t- place to be for any person, regardless of whether they work for you. You know, if it's a friend, it could be a family member, it could be anyone. And I really, really would not wish bad mental health on anyone. My depression was down to a number of things. There's some childhood stuff there that slowly I've had to start dealing with. And just things I've experienced during my policing career. I often refer to myself as having been a broken man. I'm a lot better these days, but when you're dealing with serious violence, murder beating up people and all those sorts of things, really seeing people at their worst, it's not surprising that that is going to take a toll on you. And as a result of that, I was snapping up my family, I was drinking too much, I really sort of got myself into a bit of a pickle. But where I was working at the time, I I, I wasn't supported. Workplace wellness was, it, it, it was in the gutter, and everybody that I spoke to who... Not, 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 not just in the detective world, where I was, but everybody was saying exactly the same thing. Everybody was stressed. Everybody was overloaded. Everybody had too much work on. Everybody couldn't cope. And it was a rarity to find somebody who was actually, um, how, how can I put it, of sound mind, judgment, sort of sane, and was coping well. And I was one of those. I was on a team of six and out of those six, five of us were on antidepressants just to cope with like the workload and the pressure that was going on. And it was a bit neglectful, really, uh, looking back on it. But what made that worse was supervisors saw how I turned because it got back to me that they were actually talking about me behind my back, which made things ten times worse. And for me, that's when I felt... It's time to leave. And at that point in my policing career, I was like, no, I've completely had enough. I've, I, I, I do not want to do this job anymore. Yet I want to leave. I want to throw the pension in. I want to throw the service that I've done. And I want a completely new start. As it happened, I ended up transferring to another force. And I was still not well, but the environment that I was in was a hell of a lot better. People were more relaxed and people were more calm. And just that's what I'm talking about there is something that every organisation can learn from because self-praise is worthless, but I was good at what I did and, you know, my my staff appraisals and commendations and whatever were, were sort of testament to that. But because I wasn't supported and because I felt backed into a corner and because there was a culture where people would talk behind your back and everything, I walked away and, you know, in private business, that's somebody there that you've you've lost an employee. You've now got to rehire somebody, which costs time and money. You've then got to train them. You've then got to issue them with kit or PPE or whatever it is that your job entails. So it's not just a case of, oh, well, you know, ignoring a problem that problem can have some deep-rooted and very serious sort of impact on your business so for that reason 
this is why I'm trying to promote Wellbeing at Work Week because I, if only one person who listens to this podcast takes on board what I'm saying and makes a positive change for their workforce, then the time I'm spending recording this will be absolutely worth it because that organisation will benefit massively. So after my transferred forces, I was referred to an occupational health unit and as a result of what was said, I was provided with some therapy sessions and at this point, you know, I had experienced um, it, bad feelings, you know, such as would I be better off dead? Although I've got to say I would never attempt this. Um, I would never attempt this. It was just considering it in my head because at the end of the day, I've got children and I would not do that to them. I just couldn't, but I know that, and I've dealt with firsthand people who have saw that through, and I've seen the upset and stress that that causes. And as a result of my employer basically investing some time into my health, I got better. I got better, my work improved, my commitment returned, and I was back to myself. So that's the impact really that can be had. Now, what I say to people is, doesn't matter whether you are a business owner or a supervisor, or if you are a team member, when I say that the well-being of you and your co-workers is important, I genuinely, genuinely mean it. And I've already spoken about some of the things like lack of productivity, sick leave and whatever. This has an impact on others because doesn't matter what your role is, if you're a team member on the ground and somebody goes sick, well, their work is still going to need covering, particularly if you're in, let's say, a manufacturing role and you have tight delivery deadlines, that's going to put pressure on the rest of the team. If you're a supervisor, you know, you've got a team member down, that's something potentially you're going to have to backfill. If you're a business owner, you know, you're going to be paying people sick leave, when they're not there, you're going to have the financial impact of people leaving and replacements being recruited, like I've already said. Your customers, they'll feel the impact too, because it could be longer delivery times, they may wait longer for the telephone to answer, and there's all sorts of other associated issues that could follow. So we really do owe it to ourselves, regardless of what our role is within an organisation, to look after each other. And... There are a few things that you can do. I haven't told you what I've experienced with sympathy. I've basically done that to demonstrate the importance of what I'm trying to explain. I try now, as a result of a different mindset, to turn a negative experience into something of use. And me talking about my personal experience here is a good example of that. Regardless of your role in your organisation, you need to promote a proactive culture of openness. If you see someone whose behaviour has changed, ask yourself, is there a reason for it? If you feel comfortable, ask them, are you okay? The reality is, if they're anything like me, and I think men are particularly worse at this, they're always going to say yes. You know, 
the amount of times people would ask me, are you okay? And I'd be, yep, 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 fine. Or whatever. But the truth is, I'm dying inside. You know, and I just want to scream or want to go and headbutt a wall. So if somebody says yes, and their body language is all off, and it doesn't seem like a genuine reply, you know, probe a little bit deeper. Are you sure you're all right? Because, you know, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not very convincing. You might get a different answer. It might be that you might not be the best person to do it. It could be that they've got a friend who, you know, or a good friend within the organisation that they speak to. Supervisor, again, you might not be the best person. It doesn't really matter who. Find somebody who's got a good rapport and see what happens. But if you are not comfortable making that approach, speak to a supervisor. Every business, regardless of size, that employs people, in my view, should take the time to learn about workplace wellness common mental health conditions, and things such as alcohol and drugs. Why do I say that? Because you need to look after your team. It can have a significant impact on your business by ignoring this. And mental health and alcohol and drugs go hand in hand. Let's look at people who are depressed. A lot of the time, they'll turn to the bottle, or they might do some drugs to make them feel better. Yeah, they might feel better in the temporary, but the reality is, later down the line, when that wears off, we're back to square one. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with me? Well, here's the thing. If you're an employer and you are employing somebody to work with machinery or to drive or to care for vulnerable people or whatever it is that you've, you employ them to do, and they have alcohol and drugs floating around in their system and they have an accident, well... They're not likely to say, well, hang on, this has been caused as a result of me drinking during my lunch hour or cocaine that I may have taken or whatever. It'll go down as an industrial accident and then somebody's going to try and sue you for uh, neglect or, you know, those sorts of things. So you really should get to grips, promote workplace wellness, understand what these mental health conditions are, alcohol and drugs, and learn what the signs are. And you really need to be proactive around that because it's, it's like anything. The earlier, the earlier that you detect it, the better the chances of success are before things get too um, down the line. Now, we're talking about a very, very deep subject here. And it sounds very sort of doom and gloom, but it really doesn't have to be. By taking a proactive approach to well-being in the workplace, it genuinely, genuinely saves lives. It saves lives... It can help you save money. It can reduce staff sickness. It can reduce extra pressure on colleagues. And it can make you a much better employer. There are some great organisations that have all sorts of different procedures in place. And a classic example, and I'm not going to name this company, but they gave extra leave to somebody suffering domestic abuse so that they could go and seek some support. They weren't able to take annual leave out of their conventional leave entitlement because the abuser would know that she's taken time off and cause extra problems. So in order to help this team member, this employer allowed them extra time which wasn't put through their system to go and speak with a domestic abuse advisor to go and get things lined up so that she could exit 
that relationship. And it's exactly that that I'm talking about. Just a few adaptions and a few um, things put into place to help that staff member. They're still now working for that company. The alternative would have been, I can't get leave, or they would have just... They would have either left or continued to have that abuse and potentially that could have been a team member that ultimately ends up being murdered. So there's just a good example of something that you can do in order to help your team. I've spoken about various things here. If you want to learn more about workplace wellness, for this week only, the SME Business Concierge Workplace Wellness online course is available at the reduced rate of £10. As for this week only, to mark this event this week, you can also get mental health awareness training and other training that we've referred to. For me, I personally hope that everybody listening to this podcast appreciates the severity of what I'm talking about and hopefully we'll put some measures into place to make them that employer that genuinely, genuinely cares. And if you've got any questions about this or you know you want any suggestions, by all means, give me a shout. I'm more than happy to sort of have a conversation with you. I might not be the best person to do it, but I might know somebody that can. So thank you very much for listening. I will see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Small Business Podcast by SME Business Concierge. If you found the content useful or would like to discuss anything that we've discussed in this episode, please visit our website at www.smebusinessconcierge.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Small Business Podcast. We are pleased that you were able to join us. Please help us grow our podcast by leaving us a comment or subscribing through your chosen podcast platform. Find out more about SME Business Concierge, and join us on social media via our website www.smebusinessconcierge.com.